Good morning and welcome to our contemporary service of worship. My name is John Robbins. We're thankful that you're a part of this service today. It's an opportunity in a very special way to be able to celebrate our faith together. So thank you for being here. We want to remind you to register. We hope you'll do that by finding the QR code on your order of service or on the screen and going ahead and registering your attendance. We want to know that you're here. We also want to remind you about our social media opportunities where you can find out more information about what's going on in the life of the church to be connected on a regular basis in all that we're doing. We're grateful that you're a part of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church and we want you to be fully involved in any way and in every way. So thank you for being here. We hope it's a meaningful and powerful service of worship for you. Good morning. Welcome to Worship with Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. My name is Kathleen McMurray. I am one of the pastors here, and I am so thankful to be with you in this time of worship today. Whether you are worshiping with us in person or whether you are worshiping with us online, we are thankful to be joining in worship together in the spirit of Christ on this Pentecost Sunday. It is the day where we recognize the Holy Spirit entering into the people of God and creating something new within us. And so, it is this invitation to us today as we come into this place of worship. The invitation is for all of us, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter the, the strength or the weakness of our faith, no matter our doubts or our dreams, as we come into this place of worship, whatever struggles we are bearing in our hearts, God meets us where we are. The Spirit of God meets us where we are and draws us together in community. And so I am thankful to be with you in this community and in this place of God this morning. Uh, let us turn our hearts and minds to the worship of God this day. Good morning, church. Let's stand together and worship this morning. Let's sing. For this day, we gathered in your name, calling out to you. Your glory like a fire, awakening desire, burn our hearts with truth. Your thumbs, we're here. Your thumbs, we're seeing. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates, a mighty river flowing from your heart, filling every part of our brain. Your presence in this place, and the glory on our face, we're looking. The sky, descending like a cloud, you're standing with us now. Lord, unveil our hearts. Good reason. You're the reason we're here. You're the reason we're singing. Open up the heavens, we want to see you. Open up the floodgates. A mighty river flowing from your heart. 
today, God. Show us your glory. Fill this place. We love you so much and we give you this time. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Sing us the Spirit. Because the Spirit was moving over the water. Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Rest on us is the spirit was moving over the water. Spirit, come move over us. Come rest on us. Come rest on us. And calm down, spirit. When you move, you make my heart pound. When you feel the room, you're hearing. I knew you were moving. I'm hearing. I knew you would feel me calm. My heart pound when you feel the room. You're hearing, I knew you were moving. I'm hearing, I knew you would feel me. I knew you were feeling Jesus. As the Spirit, as the Spirit was moving over the water, Spirit got move over the rocks. Rest on us, come rest on us. As the spirit was moving over the water, spirit come move over us. Come rest on us, come rest on us. And fire 
Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, rest on us today. Come, Holy Spirit, and fill us with your love. Open our eyes to see the presence of God all around us. In the stillness of this sacred space, in the busyness and the noise of our city streets, in the joys and celebrations of our lives, and in the tragedies and struggles that break our hearts. Come Holy Spirit, comfort those who grieve and bring wholeness to the sick. Today we we pray for those in our community who are ill or recently hospitalized. God, we pray for Gloria Cleveland, Carol Kaur, Thurman Couch, Gwen Eford, Linda Jones, Suzanne McGee, Sandy Hayden, Amy Sullivan, and Gail Gardner. Come, 
Come Holy Spirit, inspire us today. Fill us with gratitude with all that God is doing in our lives. Lord, we rejoice in the baptism of Roy Harrison Rains, child of Lindsay and Wilson Rains. And we celebrate Sarah Smallwood, a new member of our faith community. Come Holy Spirit and ignite a fire within us. Change our complacency to humility and to action. Give us a passion for justice that cannot be quenched. Come Holy Spirit and fill us with love that overflows. God, remind us that there, there is no greater calling than to love you with all that we are and to love our neighbors as ourselves. God, we pray all of this in the name of Jesus Christ who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We are so thankful that we have an opportunity in being part of this faith community, not to only change the world with our prayers, but to change the world with our actions to go beyond the walls of this church and transform communities around us. We are so thankful that this summer, as we begin this process of summer, we have over 100 youth that are going to be traveling around the state of Arkansas and into Louisiana on mission trips, serving through Ozark Mission Project um, and through other local uh, mission service opportunities. We are so thankful that these young people are learning what it means to have a heart of service and putting their faith into action. And that is made possible because of this community, because of the support of this church, because you give. As we enter into this time of offering, giving thanks for that example of service of our young people, as we give our offering, giving thanks for the opportunity to be a part of their work, through being a part of our church, let us turn to God in an attitude of prayer. God, as we receive the gifts that we give, those offerings that we place in baskets, those offerings that we give electronically, those offerings that we give from our hearts, may they be multiplied by you for the purposes of your work, of transforming lives through the power of your Holy Spirit, that we can be a people not only of prayer, but of action. And that through our action, your will can be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen.
spirit song, rushing wind, far of God, fall within, Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray. As we repent, turn from sin, revival embers, smoldering, breath of God, fan us into flame. Cause we need a fresh wind The fragrance of heaven Pour your spirit out Pour your spirit out oh. Let's stand together this morning
to remain standing in body or spirit as we read from God's holy word today. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed like tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. And all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some of them, however, made fun of them and said, they have had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the 11, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk as you suppose. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. May God add blessing to the reading, hearing, and understanding of this portion of God's holy word. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. As you are seated, I invite you to turn to one another and greet those around you. It is indeed a joy to be together on this Pentecost Sunday. Again, I want to say a special word of welcome to those joining with us online from wherever you are. Um, We are just so incredibly thankful for this opportunity to gather together in the worship of God. Let us turn to God in an attitude of prayer. God, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Throughout the centuries, many churches on this day of Pentecost have tried really, really hard to in some way physically encapsulate the power of the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. 
in a church that I served, we took a hula hoop and we attached ribbons to it and hung it from our very tall ceilings so that when the light hit the ribbons, the glitter would gleam off and there would be light that was coming off of this powerful thing down from the ceiling. And when the air conditioning hit the ribbons, they would wave like that wind rushing in our midst. Some churches have doves on long poles with ribbons coming out of them and they are waved through the worship space, inviting us to consider that Holy Spirit moving among us. Still other churches, before it was declared that this was not environmentally safe, um, would have balloons for all of the congregants to take out into the world and release at the same time into the air so that all of these red balloons would be seen going up to the heavens and out into the world, a reminder of the spirit leaving this place and going with us as we go forth. I think one of the reasons why we try so hard to encapsulate and to to physically represent that power of the spirit moving in our midst is because we have a really hard time envisioning what that looks like. And if we're honest with ourselves, I believe that instead of treating the Holy Spirit like balloons released into the world, we often treat it like a tetherball. Imagine, if you will, a large pole from which a ball is hung and tethered attached to that pole, and we hit the ball and it moves around going between one another who are standing in this circle. Yes, the ball moves, and yes, it impacts those around us, but we want it to be within our control. We want to control that Holy Spirit if we're being honest with ourselves. We can see this in art that has been created over the centuries as well in telling this Pentecost narrative. We have art that despite the fact that our scripture says there was this kind of chaotic wind blowing and fire moving, it's this lovely serene scene of little individual flames above all of the 12 disciples gathered there. These nice pictures of a nice and organized Pentecost Sunday where the Holy Spirit comes to us exactly as we would wish and plan for it to. Sometimes I think that when we say, come Holy Spirit, we, at least in our minds, Invite that Holy Spirit to come with some caveats and footnotes. Come Holy Spirit, but only if you do it within my plan. (laughs) Come Holy Spirit, but not if it requires too much change for me. Come Holy Spirit, but not if it makes me get too uncomfortable. Come Holy Spirit into our churches, but not if there's too much change and transition associated with it. Not if it's too hard. But on that first Pentecost Sunday, that Holy Spirit that was moving was doing so without footnotes or caveats. The Holy Spirit that came into that place could not be 
controlled. And it transformed the lives of those gathered there, initiating them into this new thing that God was creating that went far beyond what they could have possibly envisioned or imagined. I doubt that they imagined that worship could look like it does today. I doubt that they imagined that this religion and this person that they were seeking to follow would spread across the whole earth in the way that it has. Still 2,000 years later. In that moment, the Holy Spirit moved in a way that they could not predict, that they could not plan, and that they could not control. And thank goodness that they listened and followed where it led. Pentecost, the celebration of Pentecost for the Jewish people, was a celebration of the receiving of the Ten Commandments from God. It was a day where Jews would gather from wherever they were living, from the diaspora. You see, Jews had been scattered uh, centuries before when they had been conquered by various peoples. They were scattered into the countries surrounding Judea, surrounding Jerusalem. And while some of them came back into that holy space and that holy city and that holy area, when their conquerors were conquered by others. Not all of them did, and they were scattered, still living as people kind of without this country. People who were Yahweh worshipers in the midst of others, in the midst of others in an empire where they didn't always feel like they had a place or a belonging, where they were speaking languages that were their everyday languages, but that were not necessarily languages that connected them to their God. But on Pentecost and on other holy days, they would gather together to remember what bound them all as worshipers of Yahweh. Remembering that manifestation of God on those stone tablets that came down to lead the people, their ancestors, in living righteously and creating a community of justice and equity and creating a people who lived into the ways and the laws of God. And then on this Pentecost, there was another manifestation of God that came down, not in words written on stone, but in a spirit written on hearts, echoing the words and the life of the manifestation of God in the person of Jesus Christ, leading them to be this new manifestation now that the word made flesh was no longer among them. They were from this moment on to be the embodiment of the one who was no longer with them presently. As the spirit came upon them, they were to be those who lived into that work of Jesus, the holy work of transforming this world and their community and their lives into a world of justice and righteousness, of reaching out and offering healing and inclusion and life transformation. 
for this world where people were spread out and scattered and hurting. And so as people received that Holy Spirit, I imagine that there were a lot of questions, that there were a lot of concerns, that there was a lot of trepidation because they, like us, may have wanted to control that Spirit of God. As Peter got up and spoke of the Spirit being poured out on all people, men and women, servants, old and young, of the voices and the words and the spirit and power of God being given to people whom their society and their world said should not have a voice. I imagine that those people gathered in that place may have been filled with fear and anxiety about what this might look like. What was this spirit of God going to do? But they received it because they themselves felt cast away and cast out. And like they needed that spirit. They received that spirit in that spirit, not just the words of God spoken in their own languages, but they received in that spirit a place and a purpose in God's work that was going on, in God's work of bringing about this way of living and being that was exemplified in the person of Jesus Christ. And they could not control it, despite how much they tried. And we do try. We do our best to stifle and to subvert sometimes the Holy Spirit, if we're being honest with ourselves. We want that tetherball. We want it to move, but we want it to move within our control. And it doesn't go well when that happens. The fall, as it is known in the Bible, when Adam and Eve ate from the fruit of the tree of the knowledge and good and evil, that was initiated when they were trying to know and to be God. And it didn't go well. <laughs> and it doesn't go well for us. When we try to control who can receive God's blessing, when we try to control who is part of God's community based on our stereotypes and judgments, when we try to control whose stories are worth sharing, I believe we subvert the Holy Spirit and I believe that we miss out on a part of what God has for us. Because the Holy Spirit cannot be controlled. We are told in scripture that it spread, this spirit spread like wildfire among the people. It spread because there was something about the Spirit of God, something about the Spirit of Christ for all of these people who were yearning for purpose and place, who were yearning for community, who were yearning for new life, who were yearning to be untethered 
from their anger and their hurt and their shame and all that kept them bound. They were yearning to be untethered and that is what the Spirit did. It freed them. And it could not be contained despite (laughs) our human attempts. It could not be contained. When I was in middle school, a friend and I went to her house one evening and babysat our little brothers. And while we were doing that, we decided to watch a movie and that it would be great to pop up a bag of popcorn while we watched this movie. But as we popped up the popcorn, instead of hitting two minutes on the dial on the microwave, we hit 20 minutes. And a number of minutes later, as you can imagine, a smell began to fill the house that was not one of butter and salt, but one of something burning. And as we opened up the microwave door, smoke billowed forth, and we opened up every single window and door in the house. We tried to get pillows to flag across the uh, fire detectors so that the firemen wouldn't come and the alarm wouldn't go off, trying as much as we could to get this smell and this smoke out of the house to keep it from spreading. But despite our best efforts, it could not be contained. That stench ended up everywhere. The Holy Spirit cannot be contained. Despite our best efforts, despite how much we may try to tether it, to bend it to our will, to make it so that God's Spirit works with some people and not others, to say that only some can preach the word of God and some can prophesy and some can experience the power of Christ in them and through them. God's spirit says, no, I will pour out my spirit on all people. The spirit meddles with us meddles with our need and our want for control. And it is a beautiful thing when that spirit meddles. My preaching professor in seminary, Dr. Jennifer Brooks, used to talk about that meddling Holy Spirit. And she was Caribbean, and I'm sure I cannot do justice to her amazing accent when she used to say that the spirit meddles all up in your business. And let me tell you that as humans, we don't want the spirit meddling all up in our business. We don't want the spirit to convict us. We don't want the spirit to draw us into places that we would rather not go. We don't want the spirit to make us uncomfortable. We don't want the spirit to send people into our paths that need Jesus, but whom we may feel uncomfortable interacting with. But that meddlesome Holy Spirit is not tethered to our will. And when we listen to that meddlesome Holy Spirit, when we go where the Holy Spirit is calling us, when we receive that fierce fire of God, amazing things can happen. 
People who feel alone and mistreated, who are mired by shame and weighed down by grief can find hope in a community of God that doesn't try to tell them how to be, but that welcomes them as they are. People who are hungry and who are homeless can be fed and can find shelter when the people of God step out of their comfort zones and try to build relationships and find connection with those whom our society often overlooks. When the Holy Spirit meddles, amazing things can happen. And friends, the Holy Spirit is moving. She's moving in our church, in our community, in our world, leading and guiding us to that manifestation of Jesus in ways of justice, in the face of oppression, in leading us to peace in a world that is mired by violence and hatred and anger, leading us in ways of service, in a world that tells us that we must consume and get in order to be fulfilled. But the Holy Spirit is moving, doing amazing things in our church, in our community, and in our world to subvert those powers of the world that try and keep that spirit tethered. So friends, today, my invitation on this Pentecost is for all of us to receive that spirit of God, to listen for its movements so that we can be untethered from our fears, from our anxieties, from our hurt and from our pain, and that we can enter into this world as the people of God working in the way of Jesus towards the visions and dreams of all of those people, leading us towards the vision and dream of God, where the Spirit is indeed poured out on all people. Let us receive that meddlesome Holy Spirit this day so that we can truly, without footnotes or caveats, or reservation, say, come, Holy Spirit, come. Let us seek God's vision for our lives this day. Amen. Jesus Christ was the word made flesh who dwelt among us. And in his time on earth, one of the ways that he connected with those around him was to gather around a table with his beloved, to gather around a table with his enemies, with his friends, with his betrayers and his deniers, to gather around a table and to offer grace and peace and purpose. And so as we come to the table of God this day, we all are invited to remember the spirit of Christ among us, within us, and working through us for the world. On the night in which Jesus knew that he would be dying on the cross, 
that he would be executed. He sat around a table with his friends, his doubters, his believers, his deniers, his betrayer, all of them. And he took bread and he gave thanks to God as was his tradition and he broke the bread and he gave it to all those who were sitting there, all of them. And he said, take and eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And when the supper was over, he took the cup, a cup of ordinary table wine as was the tradition and he gave it new meaning as he gave thanks to God and he gave it to all of them. And he said, this is my blood. This is the blood of a new covenant, a new promise that I am making with you and with all people. This is poured out for the forgiveness of your sins so that, so that you can have new life, so that you won't be tethered to sin and to shame and to guilt, that there is hope in your life and in the world. And so, Whenever you drink, remember me. Remember this. Let us pray. God, I pray today that you will pour out your spirit, a powerful, untethered, meddlesome spirit on all of us who are gathered here and on these gifts of bread and cup, that you will make them be for us your body and your blood, that we can be for the world your body, your presence, your living presence here on earth empowered by your spirit. God, unite us across that which divides us. Make us one with you and one together as we seek to be your people and to transform your world. God, unite us and empower us through your spirit that we can work towards your work of justice and righteousness and peace this day and forevermore. Until that day when this world becomes no longer a reality and we live in the fullness of your powerful kingdom. Amen. I invite those who are serving uh, to come forward to our tables and uh, Come forward as we prepare to receive. In this tradition, we acknowledge that though we have prepared this table, it is not our table, but it is God's table. And God invites everybody <laughs> to the table. And so, so do we. You don't have to be a member of this church or of any church. Um, you don't have to have a strong faith. Faith the side of a mustard seed, does it? We're told in scripture. Um, if you seek to love God, and if you seek to be changed by God, to receive the spirit of God, you are invited to this table today. You're invited uh, as the ushers lead you to come down the center aisle and there will be a station with gluten-free wafers and cup uh, in the middle. And then there are uh, bread and cups on the side. We'll be practicing today by intinction. And so if you'll hold out your hands, you'll be given a piece of bread and you can dip it um, into the cup and eat and receive. If you need to receive at your uh, seat, you can uh, just let an usher know and we will bring that to you. The table has been prepared, friends. God's grace has been freely given and the spirit poured out. Will you come as you are led?
Friends, as we have gathered around the table together, we acknowledge that we are in need of God's grace. But together, as we seek God's grace, we can be transformed and do amazing things. If you would like to be a formal part of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church to journey with us as we seek to live into God's Spirit's call for us to seek justice and peace and mercy in our world, uh, during this last song, I invite you to make that official um, by joining and becoming an official part of our congregation. And those of you worshiping with us online, you are invited to call our church office or message us and let us know that you want to join our church as well. So during this last song, as we sing this, may it be a prayer and an invitation for all of us to allow God's spirit to move in us. And if you feel so led, and would like for that to be your prayer to join our church, I'll be up here and ready to give you the vows of membership and receive you. May this song be a prayer as we go forth from this place. Will you rise as you are able as we join in song? Let me be 
friends, it is my joy to welcome Taylor and Bryn and Lily and Daisy and Cal into our church family today. Um, I'm going to ask you all the vows of membership, and then we will welcome them by reaffirming our vows of membership. So do you profess your faith in Jesus Christ and promise to serve him in union with the church, which he has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? If so, say, we do. We do. And do you promise to be faithful members of Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church and do all in your power to strengthen its ministries by your prayers, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, say, we will. We will. Friends, I commend these persons to your love and care. Let us join together in recognizing and welcoming them. We rejoice to recognize you as members of Christ's Holy Church, and we welcome you to Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. With you, we renew our vows to uphold it with our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. Friends, as you go forth from this place, know that the Holy Spirit goes with you always to love and serve your neighbor in all that you do so that those who do not know that love will find in you and in God a generous and precious friends. So we say to you, go in peace, have a great week, walk with Jesus, and tell someone about Pulaski Heights United Methodist Church. Thank you.